Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. How's it going? Oh, it's a it's a happy Sunday. Why? Because you're you're cracking open a beverage. Yep, and I just splattered beer all over my laptop. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I love the way that sounds when you pour it right into the mic. That's genius. I need Why to... are you giving away my magic? I'm not, <laughs> it's not like I'm actually putting it up to the mic. I swear. <laughs> wink, wink. Not, not, not. We're just. Too cheap for sound effects right now, so it's fine. Giving away all the state secrets. You are. You better watch it or they're going to fire you. I know. Who's going to fire me? The people in charge of us? No, the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to fire you. (laughs) The Illuminati are going to come take me away. I legitimately, like, okay, so here's Sam's little confessional. Sam doesn't like the dark, even though she's a grown-ass woman who's 30 years old. And, yeah, she just doesn't like the dark. So she sleeps with the TV on. And I sometimes my mind wanders at night. And last night it wandered to, you know, maybe we should stop making fun of the Illuminati because they might actually, like, slash my tires or something. Yeah, you know, you're probably right about that. This is a little too public to be making fun of a group that nobody knows whether it really exists and controls the world or not. I'm pretty sure they do. (laughs) They might function under a different name, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I better not poke that bear. Luckily, we're, like, not too famous yet. We're just, like, maybe, like... 0.5% 0.5% famous, so they probably just think we're peons anyways, so. Right. We'll probably have to watch it when we're, like, 1% famous. <laughs> 1%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> You're welcome, people. You learned something new about Sam. She's paranoid and she's afraid of the dark. (laughs) You know, I'm not a big fan of the dark either. I actually, I sleep in the dark because I can't sleep with the TV on. Something about like the motion. I can see it through my eyelids. So I can never actually fall asleep. So I do sleep in the dark at least. But like during the winter time when it gets dark really early and I have to go like close the chicken coop and like, you know, do stuff in the barn and whatnot. I'm always super paranoid. Like I look around and sometimes I dart and run, which always makes me even more scared. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, While everybody was gone in June, there was a deer like in the woods right next to my house. And when I came out, I must have scared it because it made that really loud noise that they do. Oh, yeah. That chuffing. I don't know how else to describe it. But it scared the shit out of me. Like, I was like, oh, my God, someone is in the woods. They're going to get me. And no one's going to know about it, like, for days because no one's here. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just a deer. But, (laughs) no, I have that same feeling. And part of me, too, is just like, I think as females, we're just naturally scared that somebody is going to come out and kidnap us or some stupid shit. (laughs) And so, like, even in the mornings, like in the winter when it's like 630, but it's still pitch black and I have to, like, let the chickens and the ducks out before I go to work. Yeah. I'm like turning a podcast all the way up with my little phone flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) And not the murder podcast. A happy podcast. (laughs) Yeah, some stupid reality TV podcast thing that I listen to. (laughs) So what are you drinking over there? So I'm drinking a Great Divide roadie, 
And it's a grapefruit yeah. Rattler, which is an ale brewed with grapefruit and other natural Ooh. flavor. And uh, Great Divide is that same brewery that makes Colette that I named my okay. dog after. And they're located in Denver, Colorado. And I've actually been to their brewery. Got to go Ooh. there on my 30th birthday. Oh, fun. Yeah. And I totally oh, forgot good. to mention um, that like their mascot thing is like a Yeti. So when I drank it after oh. the after we went to the ale fest, I totally meant to mention, yeah, they have like the Yeti, like the fest Yeti. So I felt like it was totally appropriate. And then I didn't like cross those wires or make those connections. But now I did a couple episodes late, but that's OK. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> or maybe but it's only late. one episode late. Uh, I don't know. I've like totally lost track know. of time over here. <laughs> yeah, we did. Ha- we did record on Friday one of our other interviews that we just did. So it's probably just a little foggy. (laughs) A little out of order where we're exactly at in the podcast universe. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, I feel like I lost, like, a whole month. So I just, like, yeah, getting my shit back together. So what are you drinking over there, Sam? So I busted open a White Claw hard seltzer, uh, the raspberry one. And it's pretty Mm. delicious. Because I like this one way more, and I said this when because I cheated and I had another flavor when we recorded on Friday, but <laughs> I'm hydrating. I was just outside doing stuff and then cleaning up Hamlet's pen, so I needed to hydrate, and this has the word water in it, so it's fine. Yep. Um, but yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, and they're only 100 calories, and they're 5% alcohol, but it's better than the truly sparkling ones because the other ones... Like, the Truly ones tasted more like an IPA, in my opinion, and I'm not a huge IPA fan. Yeah. This one is just alcohol from cold brewed sugar. Hmm. So, So it's, like, kind of sweet and kind of delicious. Yes, but it's, like, got natural flavors in it and shit, so me (laughs) (laughs) and i brought i brought the black cherry one in here too so i'll probably crack into that when this first one's done so nice well and our drinks this episode are sponsored by thimbleworks which is uh montana so cheers lady thanks for our beverages this episode yes thank you very much and we just got a couple of her shirts too Oh yeah, Bev was kind enough to order me one because we like to match. So now we match, and well, kind of. Mine's a little different because mine says "wine lover," yours says "beer lover." So yep. I mean, I saw the <laughs> shirts and I was like, "Who are these? Like, these had to have been like designed specifically with us in mind." Yeah, because well, there was a beer one and there was a wine one, and it was just like perfect. I was like, "Yep." Yeah, whether she realized it or not, I think Montana designed them with us in mind. Maybe we're like, maybe we're like people's muses, and we just don't even realize it. It was subconscious, at, yes. at any rate. Oops! Exactly. Knocked into the splash guard. Yeah, that's all right. We're allowed to hit the mic every now and then. So, we have some follow up. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't gotten any um, pushback or feedback on our last episode yet, Um, but it did just drop two days ago, so I'm not super surprised by that. So we might end up having some more follow-up, because if you remember, our last chat was all about the Merrick's vaccine for chickens. 
Right. And so I'm kind of expecting that to bring out some pretty passionate opinions on all sides and whatnot. But um, I just got hatching eggs again in my incubator, which I'm super excited about. And I decided to ask the lady that I got the hatching eggs from if she vaccinates for Merrick's. Because I was, I'm still, I, I was still kind of on the fence about what I was going to do because I just, I wasn't sure. I feel like I, I'm in like this weird spot right now where I'm having trouble making like real decisions because I can see the good and the bad on all sides of every decision right now. <laughs> so just like I got to make one and stick with it because it's the best I can do at this moment. Um, but she is a certified breeder. She breeds Barnevelders and one other breed. I can't remember what the other breed is off the top of my head. Um, so she is like NPIP certified and she's certified with something else in the state of Ohio. She's a legitimate chicken breeder. And she does not vaccinate her chickens for Merrick's. So what she said is that um, she has not had Merrick's in her flock yet. Um, Where we live in Ohio, it's not as prevalent as it is in other areas of the country. Like, I guess if you live in the Pacific Northwest, it's super prevalent out there. So um, you got to kind of do some research on your general area and find out whether or not it's something that, you know, is really required to have chickens or, you know, whether maybe it, it might get to you it, it might not get to you because you know it's the wild birds carry it so like yeah there's always a chance <laughs> there's always a chance you can get it. it yeah even if it's not super prevalent in your area so she said what she would do is if it ended up in in her flock is the ones that don't have immunity would end up dying and so then she would continue to breed the ones that survived the Merrick's outbreak which would naturally breed some more immunity into her flock um, and which was kind of what we were talking about on the last episode. So I thought that would be good to share. So I've decided that I'm not going to vaccinate mine um, because she did warn me. She's like, if you vaccinate these chicks and you integrate them with your current flock, the members of your flock that don't have natural immunity are going to get it and die. <laughs> I was like, OK, <laughs> I won't then. See, that, I'm still very skeptical about that because I feel like you know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just need to do my own research. Search. And my husband's pissing me off right now because he's vacuuming. So I apologize if you hear that. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> That's why I keep muting myself. Um, but anyways, I, uh, this whole shutting vaccine thing, I don't know that I totally buy it because I've had ones that are... Like, maybe I have all super chickens then. I don't know. Like, I don't think they're all going to get it and die. <laughs> like, and I, and I did, like, and, like, I, if you go on, like, say, my pet chickens website where I got mine, like, they can't vaccinate the bantams, but they'll send you vaccinated birds with the bantams, and they don't say a peep about it, no pun intended. And you know, <laughs> you know what? So I noticed that I also. Yeah. So, you know, what it totally could be is, you know, those articles that we pulled up about that Merrick's vaccine. I mean, they're three years old at this point because we couldn't find anything newer. Um, 2015 right. was the latest, like, research they'd done on it. It's possible that because Merrick's is so prevalent that natural immunity really has sort of been bred into a lot of the different breeds of chicken. I mean... We're just speculating yeah. here, but yeah, I, I feel like that's it's, all we can do right now because there, nothing, none of the answers were super clear, right? 
And I feel like, too, there's just not a lot of research out there. I mean, you can find most of the research you find about chickens are for like community or not community, but commercial, um, commercial breeding, commercial, you know, eggs, commercial meat. They're, you know, doing research on that. So they make sure nothing nasty gets, you know, passed on in the food or the eggs to humans. It's not, oh, let me do this research so people can have pet chickens. So (laughs) (laughs) even like researching avian leukosis, a lot of that information is from like the 70s or 80s. Like they just haven't put that much more energy into it because they know, oh, well, you know, it passes this way, but you can still eat the meat and you can still eat the eggs. So we don't really care. Yeah. That's kind of like the tone of it. Well, and you know, like if I had, you know, a a flock of a thousand chickens here and my livelihood depended on it, I I would probably vaccinate them all because it would be pretty financially and emotionally devastating to lose a big chunk of that, like in one shot. So yeah, I mean, our, our situations are just different than a big commercial grower would be. Exactly. So, yeah. So for now, I've decided that I'm not going to. Now, like, if we end up with Merrick's in here, then obviously I'm going to have to reevaluate that. But for now, I think that has to be my answer. There are, like, so many other chicken diseases your flock could catch before that, too, because there's (laughs) just so many. (laughs) It's just kind of depressing when you really look into it. (laughs) It is. And you know what? We'll eventually look into all of them um, because we've seen some some stories more recently about some of the um i I don't want to call them rarer but like less uh, less common um but extremely devastating uh chicken diseases and educating ourselves about them you know will help us recognize them or perhaps put some preventative measures into place i don't know yeah yeah so yeah that's that's all i got on that (laughs) (laughs) that's it nothing else nothing else we're gonna stop talking about Merrick's I feel like we talked about Merrick's for like eight weeks in a row (laughs) well and then I'm like trying to set up an interview with somebody that has Merrick's in their flocks well um but that'll be be good um I'm really looking forward to that chat because like I've never like experienced it firsthand and I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that haven't either um so I think that's going to be a great chat. We're going to have a whole episode yeah. dedicated to it. And if you don't want to hear about Merrick's, you can skip that one. But I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I think knowledge is power. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bev, what repels insects and pests, increases pH to sweeten crops, sanitizes chicken coops, stables, and barns, and does about 20 other things? I don't know, Sam. What? Uh, for Saturday Lime, the organic, very, very safe to the point where you can eat it, but I don't recommend that, uh, lime product that you can use all over your farm and in your house. Well, more outside your house, but you get what I'm saying. It's safe to use inside your house. Yeah, and totally yes. don't eat it because it is not made of ground up limes. No, and while it looks kind of like cake powder, it's definitely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's the consistency of it, and I love that I can take that stuff out of the package with my bare hands if I forget my little scoopy and just spray it and make it rain all over the chicken coop. Yeah, because it's totally safe for chickens to ingest, to roll in. 
it's totally fine for them to breathe it in because unlike diatomaceous earth, it doesn't have any silica in it. So it's safe for lungs and it doesn't burn your animals or your hands like regular hydrated lime does. Yes. So you guys just have to try this if you haven't already. Or if you have before, you can still go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use our promo code at checkout. It is hashtag drink and you will get 10% off. And you can use that code every time you lime. Because remember, it's first Saturday lime. You're supposed to use it every first Saturday. (laughs) On our last episode, we talked about... I needed to write a tagline for Drink and Farm. And then while I was editing the episode, I was like, we already have a tagline. It's drink, farm, (laughs) and give zero clucks. That's our tagline. So I don't need to write a new one. (laughs) Yay. This is what happens when we get to the end of an episode after we've been drinking. We just, like, forget all the things. (laughs) We do. We forget everything. But it's okay because Bev listens to it and record and adds it, adds it, bleh, and edits it, and then Sam listens to it before it drops, and like then we remember what we said. So it's not the end of the world if we forget while we're recording. No, maybe that it's makes fine. it more entertaining. I don't know. Um, but I thought that since we did actually have a tagline, it would be fun to talk about like what our tagline means, because I'm sure that like some people see that and they're like, well, like. What do you mean? Like give zero clucks. Do I give zero clucks about everything or like what? So, yeah. (laughs) What specific things do we not give a cluck about? (laughs) Hmm. What do you not give a cluck about, Sam? Um, Mean people. People that are dicks. Because that's why I say don't be a dick. Um, People that are like needlessly mean Like, I understand sometimes if somebody lashes out at you, you know, you're going to lash back and that's fine. But people that, like, will just troll or be rude on the internet or, you know, people that don't say thank you when you open a door for them and, like, you know, your arms are full and you're still opening a door and then they just walk through it. Like, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, just not really caring what people think about me, I guess. Because I guess everybody cares to some degree what people think. Like, I care what my husband thinks. I care what my boss thinks. You know, there's a healthy amount of caring you should do. But anybody that's out there trying to, like, tear you down or judge you for your decisions, you know, I don't give a clock. Yeah. So. Yep. And I totally agree. That's totally what it means to me. Um, Like, one of the things that we do is we share pretty openly about, like, what we're doing, what we hope to do, where we succeed and where we fail. And like, I just, I can't give any clucks about somebody getting on me about a decision that I've made, like whether it's, you know, like to vaccinate this or not vaccinate that or feed this type of feed or whatever, like our decisions are tough. So we should all just be supporting each other in doing our best. And anybody that, um, wants to say something mean about a decision that you've made, you just can't give any clucks about that uh, because they're not walking in your muck boots. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> not walking in my sloggers, yep. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, so that's what we give zero clucks about. 
Yeah, we just came up with that tagline and didn't really think about the meeting until afterwards, but hey, it works. It's fine. Yeah, it totally does. Um, and I think that that can resonate with a lot of people um, because, yeah, I give a lot of clucks about my family, obviously, and I love my animals to death and don't want to make any wrong decisions when it comes to them. But, yeah, I can't give any clucks about what people think about what I'm doing around here. <laughs> yeah. And some it's really difficult to get to that point in your life where you don't give clucks. And I think so much of just like social media uh, or just, you know, being an awkward teenager, even like growing up, you really care about what other people think and you take it super personally when somebody doesn't like you or doesn't agree with you. And it just takes a while. And some people never figure out how to not give any clucks. Um, well, I think what so. it is, is um, what ends up happening is uh, people are under the impression that if somebody doesn't make a decision similar to what they would make, it's like a personal attack on their decision making and the research that they've right. done on their decisions. But you just can't look at it that way because we all have different scenarios that we're living in. So we're all capable of different things or have the bandwidth for different things. Um, and some of us have done research in certain areas and less research in other areas. Like we just all don't have the same information sometimes also. So like you just can't look at things that way. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember very clearly I used to um, – when I had Aurora, I got super into the natural birth movement. Um, oh. So, like, I was just, like, I remember being, like, blown away when people thought it was weird that, like, I wanted to give, like, natural childbirth and, like, not have any IVs or anything. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, why do you think that that's weird? Like, I feel like this is the, you know, this is the best decision and this is why. But, like, without taking into account anything that, like, they felt personally. Like, some people don't have the same pain threshold. Some people have different trust levels in different institutions than other people. Like, you just, like, you can't discount those people's experiences and feelings either when you're talking right. about the decisions that you've made. But I've grown up a lot since right. then. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora is seven, so I'm seven years older. She's almost seven. She'll be seven in October, which really uh, isn't that close. I don't know why I said almost seven. <laughs> but, I mean, I've been saying Aslan's, like, almost 11 for, like, six months now. So <laughs> It's because we just know how fast time marches. <laughs> exactly. It is going to be October before we know it, and we're going to be wearing sweatshirts and being like, oh, we're enjoying the cooler breeze and then all of a sudden the snow is just gonna you know clobber us and we'll be and we're gonna be like where the clock is summer exactly (laughs) and we'll be complaining about mother nature again (laughs) that's like all we do (laughs) sorry mother nature (laughs) yeah maybe if you weren't so ornery we wouldn't have to complain about you yeah so much so um and i have a correction to make about something I said last week. <laughs> so I said that I had read somewhere that the heat affects the color of my chicken's eggs, but I couldn't find anything that said that. I think I just made that up. 
I don't know. It was towards the end of the episode. <laughs> but you I could find drinking. <laughs> zero things to back that up. So I wanted to make it super clear that I have no proof that he affects the color of chicken eggs. Um, but all sorts of stuff does affect the colors. And usually it's just their internal egg making system. It just yeah. does weird things sometimes. So that's that. The end. The end. <laughs> And this is why Sam and Bev don't publish articles um, and just they just spit out, spit out whatever they want to because sometimes we're not always right. Like one of the things I kind of glazed over last week was that the whole with egg withdrawal thing for antibiotics, there are certain antibiotics that don't have an egg withdrawal like Corid, which is used to treat coccidia um, or coxie, whatever you want to call it. Basically, like, really bad chicken diarrhea. Um, and then there are some, like, Thailand 50 uh, that do have a withdrawal period. And also um, amoxicillin has that. Like, most antibiotics have some kind of egg withdrawal. And I didn't really point that out because, or not, like, super clear anyways. Like, you want to really do your research before you just give your animals antibiotics. And make sure you're tracking the ones that you do give them to properly. Whether it's separating them or, you know, um, keeping them mixed in with your flock. Like, we were able to put Cosmo back in with our flock because we only have two white egg layers. So I'm just, you know, throwing out both the white eggs for a couple more weeks. <laughs> it makes it kind of simple um, because it is pretty serious. Like, if there's egg withdrawal period, you do want to follow that. Um, you want to take that seriously, not just because, you know, it's in your eggs and you know well I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say but well like um if you eat foods that have like antibiotics in them when you don't need them then you can create antibiotic resistant bacteria which can be dangerous for everybody and like you know bacteria are the type of sicknesses that like you know like cause like you know like skin necrosis or like you know like the really scary things you know that like eat you from the inside out and whatnot so like antibiotic resistant bacteria is like scary as hell um, so that's, well, I'm glad I'm not yeah. like eating a snack right now because I just got like really bad visuals. Right. <laughs> so that's why it's important to follow that advice. Um, if you are treating something with antibiotics, cause you don't want to accidentally cause that to happen. Um, cause that's bad right. for everybody, not just you. Um, yeah. And that's why like antibiotics aren't allowed to be in the food system. Like, you know, like when you see an- antibiotic free on food packaging, like all of our food is required to be antibiotic free. So even like big farms that give antibiotics, um, they have to follow the withdrawal periods before they slaughter that animal so that that meat is antibiotic free or those eggs or that right. milk or whatever. Yeah. So that's just fluff packaging. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so I saw on your Instagram stories that you had some new baby bunnies. Oh my God, Vino's a floozy. She is such a floozy. So she must have, and it's funny because I was watching, uh, was it Doctor K Exotic Animals today on Nat Geo, and. One of the bunnies on there got pregnant right away, like got bred like right after she gave birth and had babies again. So Vino did the same exact thing, I think, because she was still hanging out with Coco when she gave birth 
and then I noticed like a couple hours later that she had. So I wonder if he just was like, oh, you popped out those babies. Let me get in there one more time before the mean lady takes you away. <laughs> Poor mama rabbits. <sighs> they just can't get oh a break. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. So, and we had like no idea that she was pregnant again. And I'm not even convinced that she knew because she didn't even start building a nest or anything until after we went outside. Well, my husband called me after I texted him when I woke up. And he's like, I think there was a wild bunny, like a, a wild baby bunny in with, you know, Vino and her babies. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I guess maybe one got into the garage or something and then got through the cage. I don't know. So I go out there and there's like one chillin' in the middle of the pen. And then there's like three or four more in the little, little litter box. And she's like furiously ripping fur out of herself to like create a better nest for them so i'm not convinced she even knew she was pregnant like she needs to be on that show like i didn't know i was pregnant oh poor vino (laughs) yeah so she ended up having seven oh my goodness yeah and her other litters have been four wow so she was like super pregnant and these ones were very tiny so she spends about eight hours with the four-week-old babies, five-week-old babies. Um, and then she's with the other ones the rest of the time because baby bunnies only actually nurse once a day. Um, so it's not like she needs to continuously be with the younger ones. But they do have to be with mama until eight weeks. Okay. So I just kind of make sure... Like, everybody looks like they've eaten. <laughs> like, I put Vino in with the older ones today, and they immediately, like, went for her. And then I checked on the babies, and they were all more plump. If they're, like, wrinkly and skinny, that means they haven't eaten. So they all looked, like, plump and happy little squirmy little hippos. So <laughs> she's working overtime, so she's getting lots of treats and stuff. Oh, I bet. But, yeah, yeah, that's got to be a little hard on her little body making all that milk, but... It's kind of cool to know that they can do that. Mother Nature is pretty freaking fantastic. Yeah. So she just had like Irish babies. Irish Irish twins. twins. Irish Irish whatever because there's like a bajillion of them now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So she had four and then she had seven. So yeah, she's she's nursing 11 babies. And that's super smart of you to keep the babies separate. I was just going to ask if you were worried about the older babies busting in and eating the tinier ones. Because like I know rabbits and like rats and mice um that can kind of happen because yeah I wasn't super I was more worried because they were together for a little while because it was the same morning I went to the post office and picked up my 18 chicks from my pet chicken (laughs) so it was like super early and I was like okay well I have to go get those chicks because they've been like shipped they've been in the shipping box for like 48 hours almost so I need to go get them And then when I come back, I'll deal with it. And the thing I was most concerned about was that the nesting box that we had in there didn't, wasn't like super high off the ground as far as like the front lip goes. So the younger bunnies, um, or excuse me, the older bunnies were like running in circles and like running them over as they're like jumping in. And mama kept trying to pick them up. Like, the older bunnies kept trying to pick the older bunnies up to put them in with the younger ones because I think she was super confused. Yeah. Or just wanted to keep them all together. 
So, uh, yeah. So one bunny was like covered in blood because I think mom was still covered in blood a little bit <laughs> down by <Yep>. her lady parts. <laughs> so then she ended up like cleaning her up and stuff and it was fine. But I have it. So the smaller bunnies are in a hutch facing so she can see both sets of babies. Uh, that's during so the smart. Day. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so it's either stressing her out because she can see them, but she can't get to them, or, yeah, I didn't want her to not be able to see them, you know, or see at least the cage where the other ones are, because they're super smart. Yeah. And they know where their babies are, so, yeah. So that was a fun little adventure. So how long is a bunny's <laughs> gestation period? It's like 20. 28 days. Wow, so that's pretty short. Okay. Yeah. So, um, somebody on my Instagram today said, so basically, bunnies could take over the world if they wanted to. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yes. pretty much. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I mean, that's why there's so many in my backyard, and yeah, nothing has yeah. like had a chance. Yeah, and even the things that I did, like actually try to get planted into the ground, they don't have a chance because there's so many rabbits back there. My cousin came for a visit, and she's like, "You have got to start trapping and eating these rabbits." And I was like, uh, "I'll think about that. I guess I hadn't considered that." She's like, "Yeah, it's your land. You can totally just trap them and eat them." I'm like, oh. Yeah. Have you had rabbit before? No, I've never eaten rabbit. So I don't it's know. It's really good. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Especially in like stew. Like rabbit stew is really good. Oh, um, that sounds like a good fall dish. So is squirrel. I don't know if you had squirrel before, but I had that growing up. No. But that in like a stew too is also, it's pretty similar to rabbit. I haven't had squirrel either. And you know what's funny? I had never heard of anybody eating squirrel until Camo and Feathers posted that photo um, of her, like, I don't know what she was doing with the squirrels, but it was something about, it was part of the process of hunting them down and like breaking them down so that they could eat them. And I was like, what? People eat squirrel? <laughs> like, I thought that was something that like when we were little, we just like laughed about, <laughs> you know, but no, nope. it was like totally legit. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Is it? So, oh, I'll have to yeah, try my, that. I'm f- my dad used to go squirrel hunting. I'm not sure how much he does it. I think he was like mostly helping my brother like learn how to hunt and, you know, gun safety and all that fun stuff. So <laughs> I don't know how much he still does it. But yeah. You know, if I let my, he's going to be 13 in a couple of weeks. If I let my almost 13 year old hunt the squirrels so that we could eat them, that could help take care of my container garden problem that I'm having also. The rabbits are eating the things out of the real garden that I've planted. The squirrels are just ripping stuff out of my containers and throwing them on the ground. They're not eating them. They're just being wasteful because squirrels are bastards. So yeah, they're dead. I'd totally eat them yeah. like just to... <laughs> See, but then it's like, we don't have many squirrels out here, but at my work, we have like a family or something or like, I I work in East Lansing, so Michigan State University is right there. So maybe they're more like a fraternity or something. I don't know. (laughs) But they, we have one, his name is Bob or uh, Squabby. Depends. Each office kind of has a different name for him because he's just got this little tail And he's so cute. And I got so excited the other day because he, like, ran up to me to hang out. And I hadn't seen him in a while. So now, like, talking about eating squirrels, it's kind of like, oh, poor Squabby. He could be eaten (laughs) if he wasn't a city squirrel. (laughs) Squirrels are smart to hang out by MSU because uh, college kids drop food all the time. So, 
Yeah, the squirrels at Central were very friendly too, and there were actually like Facebook groups about the squirrels. <laughs> so they're pretty popular there too. <laughs> and they're huge. <laughs> yeah, because they're super well fed. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Oh. But anywho, yeah. yeah, so that's my bunny saga. <laughs> <laughs> and then we segued into eating squirrel. Yeah. That's what we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of go wherever the wind blows us, (laughs) wherever the booze takes us. (laughs) We go where the booze takes us. I like that. Yeah, that that's pretty descriptive of what it is that That we could be like. That could be like another tagline if we ever needed one. So, or part of the mission statement or something. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to write us a mission statement too. I forgot about that. Maybe next week if I remember. (laughs) If you're feeling inspired. Oh. Put it on my sheet for next week follow-up. Your to-do list. I'm trying to be more organized around here. Now that I feel like my brain's working, I'm, like, getting better about what it is I'm supposed to be doing around here. Well, that's good. It's, I'm glad you're feeling better because that took a significant chunk out of your summer. It totally no. did. Oh, and you know what? I totally forgot to tell you. I, I wish I could pronounce it. Hold on. I got to Google this really quick. Uh, so I actually found out what I had. Um, so my initial issue wasn't actually sciatica. I ended up with sciatica just sort of by chance because of that small disk space. So I was going to end up with that eventually anyways. Um, but okay. remember how I was complaining about the hip pain? Because... That's yeah. why I was so confused. Like when I went to the when I went to the emergency room, they gave me a Percocet like right away because I was like doubled over and I was crying and I couldn't move. So they were like, "All right, we got to like get you some pain relief." So I was like kind of high on Percocet, and they were like, "You have sciatica," and I was like, "What? No, it's not my back. It's my hip." And they're like, "No, no, no, it's sciatica. This is what it is." I'm like, "But like, I thought sciatica was in the back of your leg, and this is like." my hip and the side of my leg and they're like nope that it can present that way it's sciatica or whatever so it turns out that there's a nerve in the side of your hip um that can get pinched from seatbelt injuries when you're in a car accident (gasps) oh no way yeah so back in april april 12th when we had that car accident i pinched that nerve and didn't realize it um oh. and then like I sat and you know I did the buck 50 so I like sat in a van for 24 hours you know like with my legs you know like in driving position which probably just like sort yeah. of pinched it further um and then it just kept getting worse and worse because I didn't know what I was dealing with and I was doing the wrong thing to like take care of it because I didn't realize that that's what it was so like my problem just snowballs because I'm an idiot and I'm terrible at taking care of myself I never put myself first I always put like everything else around here first but I'm trying to like reset that mindset because like we missed peach season this year all of the peaches on our trees rotted because I couldn't walk out there and pick the peaches so I still have to go out there and pick them because I can't leave rotten fruit on the on the orchard because that will just cause orchard problems next year so I still have to pick them but I'm waiting until we get our utility vehicle back from the shop so that I don't have to walk all the stuff down because that'll just irritate all my issues a little more um I missed wild blackberry season like I miss all of these things when I'm not working so I have to take like I have to start putting myself first so that I can actually do all the things that like everybody needs (laughs) and like all the things need because the trees aren't people but you know (laughs) 
But I mean, if you're if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to not even be effectively taking care of the people and things around you. So it's hard to get into that mindset, I think, sometimes because it's just go, go, go and get it done. And how can I be most efficient in what I'm doing when really you're like killing yourself? So, yeah, totally. And I hadn't really like thought of it that way. My mindset at the time was like, well, this just has to be done. And that's what I kept saying. Like when people were like, well, why aren't you taking a break? Why aren't you doing this? I'm like, because I just do what has to be done. But it turns out that like all this stuff didn't really have to be done. I could have asked for help, but I'm really terrible with that. And like (laughs) I could have like, you know, done things just like, you know, like scaled back a little bit or, you know, taken things, you know, like back a notch or just not cared about certain things quite as much um and I probably wouldn't have ended up in such a bad place because I would have been taking better care of right. myself um but yeah the thing that I had um and I I got it confirmed by uh, my chiropractor and my massage therapist so kind of working as a team and I start physical therapy in a couple of weeks so hopefully I'll be back like to totally 100% by the end of the year um I can't pronounce it very well but it's called Moralgia Parasthetica and I'll stick a link in the show notes to it because it's kind of rare. But if you're feeling a numbness or a pain in like the side of your hip or the side of your thigh, you should definitely ask somebody about this because it's it requires like stretching and physical therapy and like a lot of stuff to get that nerve unpinched. Um, my leg is still numb. So like we uh-huh. still haven't unpinched it clearly. And it's super weird to like be able to stab yourself in the leg and not feel it. <laughs> Yeah, that's not natural. Your body feels pain for a certain reason. Right. <laughs> so Yeah, like I'll know. be sitting down and I'll be like, something doesn't like quite feel right. And I'll look and I'll be like, oh, it's because there's something kind of stabby back there. And I need to get off of that or I'm going to like end up drawing blood. <laughs> or like, oh, yeah, that's like super hot. I shouldn't sit on that. My skin's not going to like that very much. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you figured out what it was, though. That That in and of itself must help. Just, like, knowing what it is. Yeah, it does. And it makes me feel a little less crazy, too, like, with how long everything just, like, kind of went on. Because that wasn't making me feel very good either. Because I'm, like, I'm starting to feel like one of those, like, chronic complainers. (laughs) And that's not really who I am. I'm just, like, a put my nose to the ground and, like, get shit done kind of a person. Uh, But, yeah. And I had to be super persistent in order to find this. None of my doctors or like anybody found this for me. I I had to eventually find it. Like cuz I kept looking up yeah. all of my symptoms. And like sciatica just didn't fully make sense. I think I did eventually pinch that cuz the pain that I was in was like pretty severe. Um but that wasn't my first problem. I had all sorts of problems that sort of cascaded. <laughs> Right, and sometimes one problem can hide another problem. Kind of like chickens, we don't always know exactly what's wrong with them, and they're really good at hiding disease, and sometimes comorbidities happen with that situation, and you fix one thing, and then you discover there's a whole different thing. So, Yep. You just sound like a chicken. (laughs) I am. I am kind of like a chicken. Hopefully by this fall, though, I'll be back to good. I want to be like running around corn mazes and stuff by this fall. So that's my goal. That'll be fun. <laughs> Here we are talking about fall. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, ugh, I'm like getting weirdly excited about fall. And I usually do around beginning of August. But like, I'm not even close to ready to being that close to winter. So yeah, it can it can wait. Like, I feel like the past week has been very like mild compared to what it has been before 
So my brain is starting to go into, oh, I'd really like to wear a sweatshirt mode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I was just talking to Jared about that. We've been getting up early and sitting on the porch. And it's been so cool out there. I've had to throw on a hoodie early in the morning. And I feel like that's the first time this summer we've had to do that. And normally this is the hottest time of summer for here. So like we sort of had like a weird backward summer. So a couple weeks ago and last week we were like all over it because it had been so freaking hot. Like you couldn't even enjoy yeah. it anyways. But now this week it's been like gorgeous 80, 79, you know, low yep. in the mid 50s. Like you're like, yeah, no, this is this is what our summer is supposed to be like. <laughs> yeah. No. And I wanted it to be like hot as balls this past week because I had I was on PTO all week. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you so wanted like, to float yeah. in the pool with your unicorn I did. floating. <laughs> I only did twice. Oh. But, yeah, and I thought about it today, but, you know, like I mentioned, I got those chicks from my pet chicken, and they're not paying me to say that. I don't know why I keep plugging them for free, probably because it was just such a good experience. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do recommend them if you're going to, you know, I don't know exactly like what their ethics are on the whole rooster front or anything like that. I didn't dig that deep. So maybe a little shame on me whenever, um, because I did order them back in like January, but I had to wait until July to get all of the variety I wanted, like at this in the same week without having to pay like shipping, crazy shipping. Twice. Yeah. Cause you've got to ship them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not cheap um, for that shipping, which I can't blame them. Like, it should be that expensive because you're, you know, I had 18 little chicky lives, and they all arrived safely. That's so awesome. One was, <laughs> one was a little dumpy when I got um, um, my black copper Moran, but she ended up getting better. But, you know, I posted something on my story about it. They reached out and asked how if everybody showed up okay, and then I told them about the black copper Moran being a little dumpy. And then they followed up the next day. So it was like super nice of them to, you know, just care about somebody posting about it on Instagram. So that is pretty that nice. Super of them. nice. And, you yeah. know, I think that says something about their company. Maybe someday we can chat yeah. with them about uh, their company ethics if they'd be open to it. But yeah, uh, but uh, they they're a pretty popular place to order chicks from. From what I've heard, most people have really good experiences with uh, their um with the condition that the chicks arrive in when they've yep. been shipped. Because I know there are some hatcheries that that has, has not been the case. Um, but most yeah. of the time when I hear people say my pet chicken, it's all been positive. I haven't heard anything negative yet. So, Well, Martha Stewart got her chickens this year from my pet chicken. Oh, so if it's really? good enough for Martha Stewart, yeah. Oh. So they've, they've plugged that on their Instagram a few times. I've seen, which I would too, you know. Well, and um, my pet chicken was where I was looking at getting my hatching eggs from originally. Um, but since this oh, was yeah. our first time, I didn't want to pay that much for hatching eggs and then have them not really hatch. So I decided to hold off. But when we start getting like the fun and funky breeds, I think that's what I'll end up doing. Hey, Bev, what's your favorite treat to give your chickens? Oh, it's definitely grubblies. Oh, well, what a dink! That's mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the same person. I know. It's so weird, right? Um, but one of the main reasons I love Grubbly Farms is because they're a small business run by like two really young, fantastic 
businessmen and it actually started in their laundry room now I don't know about you but um, getting boys to do their laundry is kind of a struggle so it doesn't surprise me that this started in their laundry room with 700 black soldier fly grubs that's amazing so not only are you supporting a small business when you purchase Grubblies, but you're also giving like the healthiest treat that you possibly can to your chickens because they're super high in protein, they're super high in calcium, so it means strong eggshells and strong healthy feathers, and seriously, the Grubblies bring all the hens to the yard. Yes, and they're like, it's better than worms. <laughs> yes. So use uh, code WINE20 at checkout. You'll get 20% off your first order of Grubblies. And they also have a super sweet subscription. So you can just bring the Grubblies to your house every month without thinking about it. And your chickens will love you for forever, basically. True that. <laughs> the reason why I didn't get in the pool this afternoon was, one, I was like, I have a lot to do. And then I spent, like, an hour cleaning, like, ten little chicky butts. Aww. Because I think... <laughs> My brooder still might be running a little warm or something. I put some electrolytes and some probiotics in their water again today. Because um, maybe they're just having a little little issue with their fluffy butts and poop. But, um, yeah, it, it just it's a little time consuming. Like, the cleaning off the butt isn't so bad. It's the blow drying after if I had to, like, dunk their whole butt for, like, 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want um, baby chicks to get chilled. That can be, like, really tragic. Right. So, yeah. Right. You got to do them and one at wanna... a time. You can't, like, bathe all 10 and then blow dry all. No. Yeah. No, so it's very slow one at a time and then gently working the poop out and then blow drying because you want to blow dry so they don't get chilled. And then also so their little brooder mates don't peck at their vent if it's exposed and not covered by all the fluff. Oh, because yeah. Because we'll do that. That's right. We use a red light, which helps um, decrease the pecking, just in general, because they don't see the color. Oh, I didn't know but, that. Huh. Yeah. So if you use a red light, it masks any... Because chickens don't actually like red, but something about the red light masks it, so they don't peck at anything. So if somebody does get wounded... They're allegedly less likely to peck at them because it's not a white light that is showing red. It's like everything's kind of the same shade. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So we're going to run with that this week. Yeah. And if if you guys don't like it, it's fine. Just tell me you don't like it. (laughs) Maybe we'll research that. Maybe maybe Sam's full of shit. It's fine. (laughs) I, I mean, it makes logical sense to me. I can totally understand that. Right. And then for some reason, I think you're supposed to have red light on ducklings, Hmm. not white light, but I can't remember why. So what I did with my first batch of chicks, I did a white light during the day and then a red light at night because I thought they would sleep better with a dark one. (laughs) I don't know. I eventually stopped doing that because I realized that I was just making myself have way too much work because they didn't seem to care. Uh, but I don't remember why I got that idea like in my head. Oh, you know why I probably did that? Because we had a tortoise in Phoenix. So I had a different light for daytime and nighttime. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because he needed a heat lamp because, you know, they're cold blooded. Um, so yeah, he had to have he had to have a darker he didn't have to have a red light. Uh, I think it was a black light of some kind, but it was still a heat light, but it was a specific bulb for keeping him warm at night. 
So that's okay. probably where I well, got that idea from. You're not crazy because I just Googled it really quick and allegedly the red light does not interfere with their sleep cycle the way a white light oh. does. Oh. So, yes. Okay. So that is a thing. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Good to know. Well, that might be why my turkey poults are like totally insane because I left a white light on them all the time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Those things are like terrified of me still. Um, <laughs> I keep trying to get them to be more friendlier, but so far no dice. It's kind of a good thing they're not hanging around here for too much longer. <laughs> well, and I feel like any kind of poultry, like when they're at that awkward teenage phase, they're scared and hateful of everyone. Just like human teenagers. That's true. It's really not different. Maybe I got to give them a little <laughs> bit of a bigger break. Because <laughs> my two of my Polish that I got from the feed store a couple months ago that the guy was like, oh, yeah, they're all pullets. He's a freaking liar. <laughs> um, or he didn't understand what he ordered because, like, I got it up with, well, I got four Polish that day. One died. One's a girl. Two are boys, but they are like the friendliest boys, and they were like following me around the yard yesterday. And maybe it's just because like their their crest is in their eyes, so they just see my legs, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just follow her legs, <laughs> and it'll be fine." But they're so sweet, and they were like super angsty when they were like you know a couple weeks oh, ago. Okay. So maybe they'll warm up maybe. to you. I as they get I older. can only hope. Um, but yeah, your rooster Polish boys are pretty fantastic looking. Uh, those are some pretty, yeah, those are some pretty great looking roosters. So I'm hoping that they're good boys and they can hang around. Yes, I think they will be. Ricky, you know, has his Lucy. And then, um, the other one we named El Diablo because he has a Y comb. So instead of just having a straight comb, it looks like he's got devil horns. Oh, that's super cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess that's like a genetic thing. It's funny because Ricky has like no comb, but he's got huge waddles. And then El Diablo has like a pretty prominent, you know, little V-shape, Y-shape horn, whatever you want to call it. And then like no waddles at all. But they're both like all boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What breed of chicks did you get in your order from My Pet Chicken? God, hold on. Do you know? <laughs> um, well, I have it in my notepad on my phone. <laughs> because Sam got 18 different chicks. Oh, and are they all different breeds? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. You're going to name off 18 breeds right, right now? I am. And I'm not, I can't <laughs> pronounce all of these. I'm That's all right. Maybe Do we'll... your best. Okay. It'll be It'll be funny. I mean, <laughs> if it's not right, right? Yeah. Somebody will troll us. It's fine. Um, Black Copper Moran, uh, Lavender Orpington, here's the first hard one, um, Appenzeller Spitzhaben, um, which is a pretty funky looking chicken, uh, a blue Cochin, which could come out like a blue black splash kind of color, a blue splash Moran, a blue slash black slash splash Americana, um, Excuse here like horn <laughs> i yeah that's not right <laughs> it's basically like a black and white like horn looking cute okay chicken uh, a golden lace polish a millie fleur du salt du all du salt whatever yeah it's it's a girlfriend for snickers i've named her peanut 
Uh, Adorable. <laughs> a molted Cochin Bantam, Silver Lace Cochin, Silver Lace Polish, Silver Spangled Hamburg, Speckled Sussex, White Crusted Blue Polish, Blue Easter Egger, a regular Easter Egger, and a White Crusted Black Polish. Ta-da! Your flock is going to be, like, even cooler than it is now. Oh, yeah. And I feel way less guilty about how many I ordered after the losses we had. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh, I'm just rebuilding. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's fine. But, yeah. It's totally fine. They're super cute, though. Um, You're funny. You order your chicks so different than I do. Um, like, when I ordered mine, I made sure to get two of each because I was positive that I was going to lose one of each one. <laughs> So you went the Noah's Ark route, but you know, yeah, okay. I did. But yeah. you didn't do like male female, which is good no, because you no, don't no, want that ratio. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible, that's a terrible chicken ratio. Oh my god, it would be like chaos back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's one of the other reasons I went with my pet chicken was because I didn't have to order like five of each because some of the hatcheries you have to order like, you know, a couple of the same breed, and that's fine if you know you're attached to one or two particular breeds, but I was like, I want all of these. So yeah. I, so I stopped getting tempted at the feed store. Like now there <laughs> are like just a few that I don't have that I want that I can just get next year. So yeah, I was, I was really doing it just so I could control myself during the year better, even though there I probably go. won't, but keep telling yourself <laughs> that. <laughs> well, I did very well. Cause I went to a, a, big box feed store on when was it Wednesday yeah I went on Wednesday and they had crested ducks and I really want crested Ooh, ducks yeah they, they kind of remind me of like Donald Trump because it looks like they're wearing a toupee and I just think it's <laughs> hilarious and I really just want one um actually want two of them because you have to buy at least two and I could tell they were probably like a week old already so they were still sitting there and I was like oh but I resisted and I did not get them because I love my husband and I don't want a divorce so <laughs> give yourself a pat on the back for that yeah. oh I will you deserve will. it <laughs> <laughs> but he's like I'm surprised you didn't bring it home I was like yeah well you didn't answer my text message and I figured we have seven new bunnies today and 18 new chickens I better not push it <laughs> <laughs> right you're Maybe like next I have year. <laughs> to I have to clean all this poop up so like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and ducks are little poop machines so that's right they're pretty messy but they're adorable so but you did uh integrate your latest ducks recently right i did so that went better than i expected um what we did we have the fortune of having a pretty big duck house so we were able to like divide it into with like a puppy playpen type gate thing um so they could do the whole see each other but not touch each other thing because ducks especially male ducks can be pretty aggressive and territorial and it turns out they can like kill things with their penises i've got a link to that video that we shared um in the group i'll make a note to myself yep their pasta noodles are uh dangerous um so you gotta watch it and i just wanted to make sure nobody was gonna get raped to death 
So we just... Because male ducks do that because yeah. they're kind of dicks too. Are all animals just dicks? Is that... I think so. Is that the conclusion we're coming to today? I, I really think <laughs> so. Everybody and everything is just a dick. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we this past week we've been letting them hang out together in the run area and it was... It went pretty well. And then last night was their first night all sleeping together in the same area. And it looked like a high school dance when I went to close the door last night. Because, like, the one, the smaller flock of four was, like, on one side. And then the other ones were, like, on the other side. <laughs> like, just kind of, <laughs> if you stay over there, we'll stay over here and it'll be fine. <laughs> but everybody made it unscathed this morning. So, Yeah. I, I would dare say that integrating ducks together is far easier than chickens. Like, if you don't do it right, it could probably go very wrong. But I don't know. No matter how long I do the seeing, not touching thing with chickens, like, that pecking hoarder is just, it's brutal. So Yeah, the pecking order really is brutal. Like, you can see it. Uh, that reminds me, I got to go out and put saddles on some more of my chickens because some of their rear ends have been totally picked clean um, because know. my Plymouth Bard Rocks are total bitches and they just won't leave everybody else alone. And I keep thinking of pulling them out, but I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm hesitant to separate anybody right now because like because it's so hot and my only like other great place to hold people is the barn um Mm. and like they're free range now so i gotta let everybody out and get like fresh air and fresh grass and fresh bugs and stuff daily so um i'm hoping that when i integrate this new um this new flock of chicks that will hatch in just a few weeks um that that'll shake things up they're they're not going to be able to get integrated until like november or december but still that'll sort of take care of some things hopefully uh because my plymouth bard rocks are terrible they're the prettiest chickens i have and they're so friendly to me but they're so mean well and what you could do too is maybe even just take them and put them in the barn for like a day like if you're gonna have like a rainy day or something oh that's not a bad idea it might chill them the f out enough where they kind of get a little reordered in the pecking order because they were gone for a little bit it might be an experiment to try and then maybe i can put them back in at night so that i like put them on the lowest roost bar like in the middle of the night and then hopefully like they you know won't won't fight that and then when they wake up in the morning they're at the bottom and then you know they'll like reshuffle back in <laughs> yeah yeah, it's worth know. a shot. It is. It's worth a shot. Yeah, because uh, everybody else seems, I mean, they're doing fine, but still, like, I feel bad when somebody bends over to eat something and you can, like, totally see that bald spot around their vent. I'm like, ugh. Um, oh, but I did break my broody today. <laughs> you know oh, what I had yeah? to do? I What'd just you do? cleaned the coop and the nesting boxes. Um, <sighs> so I took all the nesting box material out, and instead of filling it, like, full of, like, soft, fluffy straw, I just stuck those mats that come in the honey and rue box in each box. Oh. So it's not, like, a super cozy place to hang out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, like hopped you, in there and was, like, she, like, kind of looked around, and, and now she's been out with the flock all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not even like you intentionally tried to break her. It just kind of (laughs) happened. Yeah, no, I had kind of given up on trying to break her because I kept thinking about sneaking some of these eggs under her. 
Um, but, you know, because I've got eggs in the incubator. But I was still trying to kind of figure out how I was going to do that. Our nesting boxes are kind of like built up on the side of the inside of the coop. So I was like, when the chicks hatch, like, how are they going to get out? Oh. Like, because it's kind of high up. And they'd never be able to get back in. Like, once they yeah. got out of the nesting box, they'd be stuck on the floor for forever. Yeah, I would... Like, we've never had a hen successfully hatch in our nesting box, but I've always kind of thought, like, we would probably have to move them to a separate area because other chickens can be dicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My Plymouth Bottle Rocks would totally eat those chicks. Like, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Freaking cannibals. <laughs> so how is the um, the round two of Barnevelder hatching going? I don't know. Um, so I decided to use the egg turner. Um, so the egg turner's okay. on. So all I'm doing is monitoring the heat and humidity. And Aurora's been opening up her little eggs. She's got that cute little egg thing. Um, she opens up an egg and it shows like what the development is for that day on the Aww. chicks. Yeah, it's super cute. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes so that people can find that if they're interested in it. It yeah, uh, my parents got it for her for Christmas a couple years ago, like before we had even moved. So I knew exactly what I was going to do with it when we got it, and so we've used it twice now. <laughs> First time not so successfully. Today <laughs> though, we checked an egg and nothing is happening yet. And today uh-huh. is a f- day five, but okay. the lady okay. said that Barnevelders can be kind of hard to see, and oh. like to wait until like day seven or day ten. So I didn't get, like, too excited or too worked up. And I only checked one egg. And, in fact, like, I didn't even number these. I haven't done anything yet because um, the eggs are kind of small. So unlike the turkey eggs, like, when I put the turkey eggs on my candler, I could clearly see the air sac in them. Um, These eggs are kind of smaller. And I don't know if my candler is kind of big. But it wasn't, like, quite as apparent as it was on the turkey eggs. It was, like, I can't see anything. All I can see is the yolk. I can't really see the air sac at this moment so i'm gonna just let these cook for a few more days and uh, i think i'll check them on day seven or i'll check one on day seven if i'm still not seeing anything i'll check a different one on day 10 and then as soon as i can start seeing stuff i'll label them and make notes on them you know like air sac and movement or you know veining anything else you know that i can think of i just kind of pencil it on the back of the egg so i can keep track of it Mm -hmm. and i'll go from there but, man, if none of these hatch again, I'm just going to give up. But clearly <laughs> my uh, incubator works because it successfully hatched out nine turkeys. So yes, it's it works. I'm just having real trouble with these chicken eggs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all good, though. Like, it'll be fine. And yeah. day five, like, it, it is super tricky. And if she says it's hard to see them anyways, like, yeah, I would give it till day 10 before you get really skeptical. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and if these don't hatch, or like if these turn out to be duds too, I'm not going to bother her again. It was super nice of her. Well, I mean, actually, I mean, it, it's good that she gave me another set because it was her fault and it wasn't my fault. Yeah, um, yeah. But she said she's been hatching and everything has been going well. So good. if for some reason like these don't work out, it's probably because I've got a ton of other shit going on and I've done something incorrectly <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And oddly enough, I was just looking at the calendar today so that I could mark when we needed to start watching the chicks and when we needed to start watching for the chicks to hatch. Um, and they're going to hatch on Orion's birthday. 
Aw, that's so cool. <laughs> Which is super funny. And unfortunately, we're planning on being gone for the day at King's Island. So the kids might miss these chickens hatching. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have to like point a camera at them, like recording them. We have a game cam. So I'll put a game cam up next to the... <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> next to the incubator and just let it record it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like you were there. Yeah, it'll be well... Fine. And luckily, like, they don't necessarily hatch, like, on day 21. We'll probably end up with a couple, like, a day early and a few a day later. Like, right. those turkeys, like, hatched constantly over a span of five days. So, yeah. I mean, these chickens could totally be the same. <laughs> they could. You just, you never know. It's like every hatch is a little different. So, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm looking forward to having more baby chicks around because they are pretty adorable. They are. But what's even more adorable is baby bunnies. Like, I really can't get over, like, the level of adorableness. I mean, they are kind of like little baby hippos when they come out. But once they hit, like, about a week or so, then they turn into the freaking, like, panda bunnies. So, (laughs) yeah. And this episode is sponsored by Henny and Rue, which is the subscription box that is for chickens and the people who love them. And if you head over to hennyandrue.com and subscribe to their monthly chicken box, you'll be able to get 10% off of that first box. And then once you are a member of the monthly subscription, you're able to get 10% off the whole store. So again, go over to hennyandrue.com to get set up. And that code that you want to use when you check out on your first subscription box is drink and farm and you'll get 10% off. Woohoo! <laughs> so this week um, we don't have a farm story, but I thought it would be fun to talk about this funny article that I came across. Yes, it is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> did you read it, Sam? <laughs> I yeah, I did. It is. I'm usually pretty bad about reading the ones you send me, like through text, because I'm usually in the middle of something, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll read that later, and then I don't. This one, like, I saw the link name, and I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, I just pulled it back up, and I'm looking at the picture, and I'm just like, this is stupid. Well, I mean, it's kind of hilarious. So there will be a link to this article in the show notes. Um, But long story short is a lady saw a cow in a cow crusher and Uh then posted this photo on Facebook with this long rant about how this farmer is like getting his kicks by crushing cows to death with the cow crusher. Um, but anybody that knows anything about taking care of cows realizes that it's a thing that farmers and veterinarians use so that you can do like routine veterinarian care, like on your cows, because cows are freaking big. Like, how do you trim a cow's hooves without a thing to put them in and like pick them up (laughs) to get their hooves off the ground? Because like, I mean... If they're your pet cow and your pet milking cow, you can probably put them on the milking stand, pick up one hoof at a time and trim them. Yeah. But if you're a big cow farmer and you need to trim the hooves of a bunch of cows, you don't have that intimate relationship with that cow. So you can't just pick its foot up like they're freaking the hell out. (laughs) Right. And if it's a bull, like it's going to 
F you up if it wants to. Like, <laughs> they can be pretty, like, chill animals, but, like, and I realize these are different kinds of bull, but we were at the rodeo last week, and, like, those bulls, they are bred to, like, buck and be crazy. Like, I can't imagine trying to trim one of their hooves. Now, when they're, like, chilling out and doing whatever, like, just living their bull life, like, they let them out <laughs> afterwards, they're so chillaxed and they're cute and they, like, come right up to you and it's adorable. But, like, sometimes if they're in a mood, like, sometimes I don't want anybody to touch me. Like, so maybe sometimes they need to put me in one of these cow crusher things. <laughs> well, and I've been, um, I've been headbutted in the head, like, by my goats, and my goats yeah. aren't even very big. Like, yep. oh, holy shit. I can't imagine a cow doing that Like when it's upset no. and you need to do something to it. So, uh, But Sam, because you're such a good storyteller, I feel like you have to read the caption oh, that gosh. this lady put in the story. Let me, I just scrolled past it. Okay. Okay. This is like the performance of my life because I can't laugh. <laughs> it's so stupid. Okay. And I'm sure this lady is coming from a really good place and she just doesn't understand farming or what's going on here. But seriously, lady, like freaking Google it. Like some of the other artic- articles, like truck drivers, slow down and stop hitting animals. <laughs> Say no to pig hunting with dogs and release the doggies into the wild so they can be free. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So that's the tone of this. Okay. Cow crushers designed to crush cows to death is one horrid thing, but this is a whole new level of cow torture. This device gets farmers a kick from literally crushes the poor animal, wilts rotating it up, down, side to side in a rapid movement controlled by a big tractor machine, shaking it around in horror. This is not a theme park. This poor cow had no hope. The blood would have rushed to her head until she passed out. And who knows what the farmers did to the poor animal after that. All I know is that she is dead now and probably covered in urine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, lady. Okay. The tractor machine. Like, the grammar in this is not great either. Like, as I was reading it, I was, like, correcting it because it's so bad. (laughs) But so one of the things about this article uh, that really like sort of opened my eyes is that there are so many things that like bigger farms, they're still small family farms, but you know, like they're focused on one thing. So they have, you know, Uh like hundreds of one animal. Some of the things that they have to use and do like us as people who don't do that job every day, like we just don't understand it. Right. Exactly. No, <laughs> we just true. We don't know what they have to use as tools on their thing, on their farm. So, like, as an outsider looking in, like, you just can't jump to automatically the most horrid thing you can think of. No. Like, when I look at this, like, you can see that the cow, there's a picture on it. So you can click on the link and actually see the picture. Like, it's very clear that they're turning the cow on its side, which gives them access to, you know, parts of the cow that they might need to get to for care. So right. like her description of it, like I, 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 I can't even imagine in what universe somebody would pay money to own a device that did what she's describing. Right. It doesn't make exactly. sense. It's not a carnival. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and farmers don't get a kick out of hurting their animals. Even farmers no. that raise animals for meat, they care very much about their animals. I mean, we watched yeah. that rotten documentary about the chickens. 
And those farmers cared about their chickens. When they walked in and they were all dead, it wasn't all necessarily just the financial hit that they were taking. It's because they really truly care about the animals that that they're in charge of. Right. And a lot of these quote-unquote devices are not only for the protection of the human, but also the animal. Like, the animal could really hurt itself if it's not secured into a device like this. You know, like I was watching Dr. Pole last night, and one of the calves had a selenium deficiency, and it was stumbling around all over the place, and they had to get it into a chute so they could get a shot of selenium to make it better. Whereas if it was just hanging out, you know, with Dr. Pull out in the open and he's trying to give it a shot, you know, it could really hurt itself. It could, like, try to break the needle or the syringe or whatever and hurt itself if it wasn't secured this way. So it's like you got to kind of open your mind before you freak the F out and make yourself look stupid on the Internet. (laughs) So maybe do a little googling before you just call it a crushing machine (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) and you know um something else i came across recently too um i can't remember when he posted it it was just a few days ago um but the bearded fisherman has like a really great garden that he works on he's super knowledgeable and does a lot of stuff um but he thanked big ag because like the the work that he does in his garden, it's a lot of work to produce food, like, for just one family. So he's like, without Big Ag, we couldn't feed the world. Right. Like, that wouldn't exactly. be possible. So that's something else that I'm sort of um, working on also is just being more open-minded about what I see around uh, on big farms. Like, yeah, there are some things that I think that we can do better and, and do – more efficiently or you know with better impact on the environment or for all of our health but yeah we we have to be thankful for these bigger farms that take care of you know hundreds of animals or you know acres and acres and acres of one crop like without them most people couldn't eat so it was it was a good reminder like to just not judge a whole industry based on your preconceived notions of what you think would be best like Feeding millions right. of people is a tough job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's just be a little kinder to each other and not make snap judgments based off of seeing one thing. Yeah. You know. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed living in a farm area, I mean, like there were farms in Arizona, but they didn't quite seem like like the same as the farms like in the Midwest are. There really aren't that many like places that I would consider big factory farms. Like a lot of our meat and milk and things come from what would be smaller family farms. They're still, you know, they can still be like a hundred acres or a couple of hundred acres and they might still take care of, you know, hundreds of cows, but they appear to, you know, they're not like shoved into one barn all the time. Like they're out on the pastures. I've seen more grass fed cows around here than I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I'm starting to think that like that's more the norm than the big giant you know, uh, barn with the hundreds of cows stuffed in it just waiting to be slaughtered. Like, I don't know. Right. Right. (laughs) No, I, yeah, I think there is definitely a perception of, you know, oh, they're so big and they're so bad and they don't care and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is there are a lot of small farmers that work together to make it possible. And 
I think the ones that are just big and maybe do something not super ethical are the ones that, you know, it's that whole like squeakiest wheel gets the most attention kind of thing. Yeah. You know, what it, I think that's what it comes down to. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all we have for this week. Yeah. We're getting pretty good at, uh, like, keeping this around the same, like, time slot. We really are. We don't do that intentionally. (laughs) Maybe that's just when Sam and Bev start to run out of beer um, or wine or their drink. Or they're like, all right, I'm tired of talking to you. (laughs) Or maybe it's, like, time to break the seal or... That's probably most likely. (laughs) So thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you listening to our podcast. We drink and we farm things. We do. We do every single day. Well, maybe not the drinking part. I try not to do that every single day. Yeah, I try not to do that every single day, too. I mean, I drink water every day, so technically I'm still drinking something. So That's right. And I drink coffee every day because without yes. the coffee, I can't do the things. So Coffee is life. Yeah, yeah I'm, I think I'm way more like if I had to choose between coffee and alcohol, I might have to choose coffee. Oh, I'll have to think about that. Maybe I'll answer yeah. that question next week. I think I do drink more coffee than I do alcohol at this point in my life. So maybe that means yeah. I'm growing up. We are. We got our big girl panties on. <laughs> Those are the panties we chose to wear today. <laughs> yes. What panties did you choose to wear today? Tell us. Yeah. You can DM us that in uh, no pictures, please. No. Uh, but you can send us your farm stories, too. Um, you can send us a direct message or a DM, as the kids call it these days, over on Instagram. We are at Drink and Farm. You can also send it to us in a Facebook message or an email, drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Whatever tickles your fancy. Um, because, yeah, we like to read those on the air. And uh, also, while I'm plugging all the things, it'd be super sweet of you to still leave us a review on iTunes, even though we're not bribing you to do so this month. Or at least we're not right the second. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do another giveaway soon. We'll see. Maybe not. But if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider, that would be swell too because it helps us. And yeah, it'll keep this podcast going. For sure. And we've got a shop like full of cool stuff. Uh, yeah. We've got some cool tumblers. Sam makes those by hand. Woohoo! Which is pretty yes. exciting. And we've got some stickers. So yeah, you can find that uh, in our shop, drinkandfarm.com. Uh, mm-hmm. what else? What what other housekeeping do we have? We didn't do our housekeeping oh, at the beginning. I know. We were just all. It's because we started talking about being afraid of the dark at the beginning. I think. <laughs> that was our housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the lights on. <laughs> but we also have this thing called Patreon, which is a super cool way for you to be able to uh, support us starting at, I think, at like a dollar or two dollars a month. But if you're at the five dollar above level, we send cool stuff out to those people about every other month. So this week, um, Sam was on PTO, so she spent four hours making all the things. And you guys got some full-color Drink and Farm logo koozies. Those should be either at your house by now or almost there. So if it's not there yet, sorry, I ruined the surprise. But they're pretty sweet. Um, uh, So we'll probably send something out um, within another month or two. So Go over there and support us and check out some exclusive content. 
Oh, yeah. And huge thank you to you Patreon supporters. Because of you guys, we had money to send our microphone to Messy Mildred when we recorded with her. So, yeah, we're not just like keeping your money and I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, we are, but we're not like paying ourselves all of it. Like we're putting it back into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're using it to make the podcast better. So our next mini sode that it might drop before this, it might drop after this. I don't know. It just depends on Bev's like editing schedule that she's got. <laughs> um, it's going to sound amazing because she was using one of our old headsets that we used to use before we bought the fancy mics. So thank you, Patreon supporters. We were able to do that because of you guys, because it's a steady yeah. stream of a little bit of income per month, which lets us pay for the recording uh, software that we use for recording the podcast. And also now we're using it for postage to send out the microphones to the people who we're interviewing. So our interviews are like going to be so much better from here on out. We're working on just improving every week. That's all we can do. Yeah, like, yeah, we're not being greedy, money-loving hookers, or I don't know why I just called us hookers, mother cluckers. We'll call ourselves mother cluckers, that's fine. There we go. Um, but yeah, you know, we're we're very focused to make this as good as possible for you guys before we start making any kind of profit. Like, literally, every penny that you give us goes into buying more merchandise or like Bev said, paying for the recording software or sending those microphones off or maybe even taking another field trip soon to try to hang out with more of you guys. So yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Uh, people that are in central Michigan, let us know if you would be interested in a get together sometime towards the end of September. Cause supposedly I'm going to oh, go pick yeah. up some bunnies. So we'll be together yeah. towards the end of September. Maybe we can uh, coordinate that. So yeah, join our group. Yeah. Let us know. Um, that's a good place to talk about get-togethers is the group. Um, oh, yeah. Because those are the people that I'm assuming want to interact with us the most. So it makes sense. Um, I'll put a link yeah. in the show notes to the group so you can find it if you haven't found it yet. Um, and also, Sam and I are going to work on scheduling another happy hour because we had a blast. Nobody told us they hated it. Uh, right. Nobody told us they loved it either. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if that's just a vanity so, project for us or what. <laughs> maybe they're just kind of like, eh, it's mediocre. It's fine. Like, it's fine if you do it. Fine if you don't. I don't know. I had fun. But I feel like other people have been interacting more since then and like feel more empowered to share things in there. That's true. So I'm pretty excited. And like I checked it today. We have like over, yeah, we have exactly 60 members now. So that's huge in my book. Like, I better start like being more social. <laughs> yeah. On social media. <laughs> Be more social in our social group. Uh, so, yeah. Imagine that. So, join that. We'll do another happy hour. I don't know when yet because. We've got to talk about that and schedule it because uh, we both obviously have to be free <laughs> to do it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will figure it out, and then we'll let you guys know. Probably sometime very soon, though, because we did have a blast. Yep, totally agree. Yes, so that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We yeah. appreciate you. We have a great time doing this, and we hope you have a good time listening. Yeah. yeah. So drink. Farm. And, and give, give zero clucks. clucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs>